Grace, right? We have grace. That doesn't mean that we shouldn't do what's right. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is don't think that doing what's right is what's going to make you right. Today is an important episode as we look at the motives behind why we do what we do. Here's Pastor David. Let's talk about the Israelites for a second. These folks, the Hebrews, God chooses Abraham, right? And says, listen, there's all these people, they are just, they're wicked people, but through you, I'm going to set aside, through your seed, through, the, through your children and grandchildren, great-grandchildren, and so on, I'm going to set a people aside. They're going to be set aside specifically for me to be a light to the world, okay? And in, and in doing that, I'm going to give them some rules and some things to do that show that they're separated unto me. Now, that's an honor, right? And so he does that, and so these Jewish people are set aside, and so he gives them the law both the moral law and some ceremonial laws and things like this that I'm talking about that sort of set them apart. Here's the law. Here's what I want you to do. And sometimes they did. Okay, but what happened was there were all these other people around. So all these other people in the world. And these people, they didn't follow those laws. They did what they wanted to do. And sometimes it looked fun. And sometimes maybe the Jewish people were derided or made fun of because they had all these rules about how they couldn't do this or they couldn't do that. And some of you know what that's like. Some of you may have been in school or, or wherever it was, and you had certain standards that you were upholding, and the people around you didn't do those things and maybe even made fun of you because you did. You couldn't go to that movie that they all wanted to go to. You know, they're all watching that show that maybe you can't talk about because you don't know anything about it, right? Or whatever it happens to be, and you feel left out. And you feel like you're missing out. And maybe you even say, it doesn't look like anything really bad is happening to them. Maybe God doesn't know what he's talking about. And the Israelites, this is the, this is the way they walked at some point. They say, yeah, we've got all these laws. Yes, God's helped us to feed all these giants. And he's helped us take the land. And he's made sure that we have what we need. And he's protected us. He's given us victory. And yet, I think, I, I think we've got it figured out now. I think we've evolved beyond God's archaic rules, and we can do it our own way. And so they rebelled, and they did their own thing. And because God loved them so much, he wouldn't allow them to do that and not have the natural consequences of those things come to them. So he removed his protection and the victories and all that. And when that happened, you know, they were defeated, they were taken away, they were captives, they were imprisoned, all the rest of this. They were killed. You know, bad things happened. And eventually, they would come back. And this happened more than once. But at the time that Peter is in the first century, they had come back, and they had gone the other direction. They had made the rules so important. They had followed God and gotten his blessings, but then it started to become rules, the rules, the traditions, they're what set us apart, they're what makes us good. And so they would take the rules, and then they would make, so they had the, the law, and they'd take it and they'd make rules about the rules. And then they'd be like, I'm not sure that's enough rules. And so they'd make rules about the rules that were about the rules. Until the rules were like this. And the law was like this. God had said, do these things. And he had a reason for doing it. But they started losing track of the reason you did it. And just started to think that doing the things was good. That's, that was what made them good. That was what separated them from other people was doing those rules. And so, as they follow these rules to a T, they start to rebel in another way. 
Now, the church, we can do this sometimes. Many of us have experienced the rebellion on the one side, where we think we know better than God, and we walk out and sort of do our own thing, and, and we violate his laws, and we eventually maybe don't even feel bad about it anymore. That's one side of rebellion. Some of us have also been on the other side. And we started following the rules, and as we follow the rules more and more, and it's hard, because it's hard to take sacrifice, right, to follow the rules. And as we follow the rules more and more, we started to build up in ourselves a feeling of pride about the fact that we followed the rules. And in that way, that pride started to separate us from God, and we became rebellious against him. And so there are two sides of this coin. And you're either going to be on one or the other if you allow temptation to take you there, right? And why do we do it? Well, here's, here's why we do it. I'm talking about the legalism side right now, the side where we follow rules and make rules about rules about rules. Because somehow, as we do that, well, there's two reasons, okay? One reason sometimes is we think that it's what makes us right with God. We think that if we can do enough good, we can be right with God. You might even hear people say, I can't go to church. i got to get my life right first, which is just crazy. <laughs> Never going to happen, okay? We can't make our lives right. We can't white-knuckle our way into doing what's right. We need the Lord to do what's right. So some people, that's the reason they do it. In fact, what you'll find if you study world religions is you'll find that every other religion basically, has one way of doing things, and Christianity is the one that's different. All these religions, they say, do. Do, right? Make sure you do this. Make sure you do that. Make sure you eat this. Make sure you, you know, pray this way. Make sure you, whatever it is, right? On and on and on. Do these rules. That'll make God not mad at you anymore, and then you'll be okay with God. And Christianity comes along and says, listen, there is no amount of do-gooding that you could ever do to make up for your sin. Your rebellion against God cannot be fixed by throwing good trinkets on the other side. The balances will never happen that way. It cannot happen that way. You do something wrong to someone, okay, and hurt them in a significant way, you might be able to do lots of nice things for them, but you'll never have actually taken away the hurt that you caused. They might forgive you, right? But that doesn't mean that they, didn't, that they weren't hurt. It can never be erased in that way. Christianity says it's not about do. It's about done what Jesus did. Jesus came. He had to come. God had to come and become a man and die to pay for that. There was no other way to do it separates Christianity from all these religions, grace. Grace, right? We have grace. That doesn't mean that we shouldn't do what's right. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is don't think that doing what's right is what's going to make you right. So there's some that do it for that reason. But a lot of us can be tempted into doing it for a little bit different reason. And that is, as we do the rules, we start to elevate our traditions. We start to elevate the things that we're doing right, right? Sacrificing and doing these things. And, and we do it in such a way, when I say elevate, what are you going to elevate from? From other people. And we start to look at doing what's good as the thing that separates us 
from and makes us better than those people, whoever they are. And there's a million ways to separate yourself in this way and to build up pride in this way. But one of those ways is legalism. We have rules and we say, hey, we follow all these rules. We've got the rules. We follow the rules. I'm following the rules. That guy's not following the rules, so I'm better than him. And somehow it creeps in that there is a difference between us. And this is what's happened with the Jews at this point. The Gentiles are less valuable than us. We're more valuable to God than the Gentiles. They're not, we're fully human and they're something less than human. And Jesus Christ comes along and blows that out of the water. The only, the only one who's, who is doing that, who's turning the world upside down in that way. In Galatians 3, verse 28, we read this. There is ne- neither Jew nor Greek, okay? Neither Jew nor Gentile. There's neither slave nor free. There is neither male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. There, for these people at this time, those were all distinctions that they would have made. I'm better because I'm Jewish and I'm not some defiled Gentile. I'm better because I'm free and not some slave. I'm better because I'm a man and not some woman. This, is, this, is, this was the culture. You have to understand, you have to wrap your mind around this. It was completely different than anything you've ever experienced, most likely. The level to which men were valued more than women. Jews valued themselves more than Gentiles and so on. Okay, they would pray. Thank you for not making me a Gentile. Thank you for not making me a woman. And Jesus comes in and he says, uh-uh. We're flipping that script. I do not value anyone based on those things. Those are not the things that give you value. Period. And we see in this point, in first century, we see Jesus honoring women, serving, lifting women up. Women are the first ones to know that he rose from the dead. Women are given honor over and over and over again, not the least in this verse here that says, listen, don't you give me, you're a man, and therefore you have something more valuable, you're more valuable than a woman. Absolutely wrong. It's important. It's important because what happens is it's very easy for us to fall into this thing where we want to separate ourselves to feel better about ourselves. And so we need to take this to heart. Okay? There's two sides that you can fall on. You can rebel and do evil. You can rebel and do good. So I guess we're in trouble, right? <laughs> because you know, I do bad, I'm bad. I do good, I'm bad. Um, might as well do bad, I guess, in that case. But here's the thing. There is a, a third way. There is a third way. There's the right way. When we, do, when we rebel against God on the side of doing evil, ignoring his rules. We make ourselves God by saying we know better than him, than his word, than nature, right? Than reason, than all the people who love us who are telling, no, this is actually bad. We know better. We're smarter than all of those people. And we make ourselves God. When we do good and build it up, right? And make rules so that we can be doing the rules so that we can be good, so that we can lift ourselves up. We're also rebelling against God because we're saying we can be good. We can do enough. We can be good enough that we don't 
need God. In both ways, we're rejecting, we're rebelling against God. And both ways dishonor the cross. Both ways mock Christ's sacrifice on the cross. By doing evil, knowing that he had to pay for that and what he had to pay for that, you are mocking his sacrifice. By doing good and thinking that it makes you better than other people, and thinking it's what gives you your salvation. It's what God's lucky to have you. Look how good you are. You are also mocking the cross that he said that you needed. And you're saying that you don't. In both ways, we mock the cross. So, for those of you who need to come back from a place where you're in rebellion and doing what you know you ought not to do. You need to come back. For those of you who are in a place where you're doing good, right? I come to church every Sunday. I tithe 10% on the gross, you know, and I'm going to let you know about it and, and that kind of thing, right? Where, where, you, where you build yourself up. Let me just tell you something. None of that is what makes you more valuable. None of it. Go to church, don't go to church. Tithe, don't tithe. Whatever it happens to be. That's not what makes you valuable. Now, there's a right thing to do there. You can probably guess which one I'm going to say is the right thing to do. But they, it does not make you more or less valuable. You're special, okay? Every one of you is special. I'm going to tell you why in a second, but first I'm going to tell you this, if you'll just let me be honest for a second. You're not special in this way, in this two-sided way of the way that we deal with what we've been called to do. You're not special in the sense that you know better than everybody. You're the first one to have cracked the code. You figured it out. You can do these things and it's okay for you. What's okay for me is okay for me. What's okay for you is okay for you. You figured it out. You've moved beyond morality. You're the new person. You figured it all out. You have not, okay? You have not evolved beyond morality and the commands of God. They're there for you, for your good, okay? You have not. You're not special in that way. You have not gone above everybody. You're not smarter and more wise than everybody. On the other side, you are not special because of the things that you do that are good. That's not what makes you special. No amount of things that you do will ever lift you up above another human being and make you more valuable than them. Nothing. You know how you are special? You're unique. God made you a unique individual. He made you, you. Okay? Even if you're a twin, which I know some of you are, even if you're a twin, you're unique, right? That other person isn't you. God made you, and he made you individual. And it's so important to him that he was willing to come and become a human, which ain't easy, as you all know, being a human, right? And not just become a human, but suffer and die. Why? For you. For you individually, you, and rise again, defeating death so that you could be with him forever in relationship. He wants to know you and be in a relationship with you, the God of the universe, with you. He didn't make five just like you, and it's like, I hope one of them gets saved because, you know, I like that kind that I made. No. He made you specifically unique. There is not one human being that has lived or will ever live that has what you have. He wants to have a unique and special relationship that only you and him share. It's just that relationship. If you have kids, if you have more than one, you know that each one is unique and your relationship with each one is unique and different and special. Same way for God. 
He's made you unique. The difference is when you had kids, you didn't choose what went in. He actually made you particularly with these gifts and talents and abilities and things. And he just, he just wants to be with you. That's what makes you special. But it does not make you more special than anyone else. And coming to church and doing what's right and all these things do not make you more special than anyone else. In fact, it should cause you understanding that you're special in that way and that everyone else's. It should cause you to lift people up, not push them down. You should be looking for what's special about everybody. You know those, those people that just annoy you? Some of you are looking at me like, I'm that guy. Yeah, sorry. <clears throat> My bad. You should stop thinking so much about how they annoy you and start thinking about what is it that God made this person special? What's special about this person? What, what can I, how can I know God better by what he's done in his magnificent creation of this person? And that's hard sometimes. But that's what you should be doing. That's what you should be doing. As the church, if people walk in to a building with a bunch of people who are following the rules so well and patting themselves on the back so much for how well they follow the rules, people are going to feel like you think you're better than them because you follow the rules and they're coming in just like you did the first time, broken, helpless, to the foot of the cross to know Jesus Christ, which is where you better all be all the time because that's who we are. We need him all the time. But if we're constantly thinking, well, we're past all that. You ever been around a smoker who quit smoking and then they see someone else who's smoking like, ah, I can't believe it. They have no willpower. I was like, all right, guy, <laughs> you were able to quit smoking. That's great, but you know, take it easy. Um, don't be that person. The fact that God has saved you and empowered you through his Holy Spirit to be able to even do good, it's not exactly something that you should be bragging about over other people. And the church has, I think, too often put people in a place where they feel like they're judged, where they feel like these people think they're the good people. Or you know what's even worse? If they think these people are the good people and they actually feel lower as a result of it. And that's messed up. Hopefully they at least go, they're stupid. No one's more valuable than anybody else. But if they don't, and they actually feel down, how bad is that? What you have to do is you have to analyze yourself. And ask yourself, is there a secret place in your heart that maybe you're not even aware of? That maybe you don't even think about? Where you look at somebody else just a little bit and think, well, at least I'm not them. I'm a little better than that. At least I don't have that problem. I can't believe that they struggle with this. I can't believe that they do that. They're other, they're different, they're lower. Because it doesn't start in one second. It's not like, I'm going to follow the rules, Lord, and the next day it's like, man, everybody else is terrible. It doesn't work like that. It's slow. It's insidious. It, it, just, it just creeps in. And before you know it, you don't even realize that you've started to elevate yourself above other people. And it's coming out in the way you talk, in your body language, the way that you treat people, the way that you talk about people. Look, I've been there. Both sides. Both sides of rebellion. I, I, I was a hopeless rebel until Christ saved me. Both sides. I've done both. And let me just tell you, 
we're called to not, to not do that. Pride is the gateway sin. It leads to basically just about every other sin. It's the way Satan fell. It's the way people fell. It's the way you and I will fall if we don't keep our eyes and our hearts on Jesus Christ and who we are in him and because of him. So why do we do good? You can't do good so that you can feel better than other people. That's easy. Why do we do it? Because you're special. Because you know that God made you special and that he loves you enough to have died, suffered, and died for you. And that he rose again, defeating death, that you can be with him forever. And your response to that is to do good. It's a response. It's a, I love you. I want to make you happy. Anybody ever, when they were young, mom or dad, you just wanted to, you just did something nice. You just wanted to make them happy because you loved them. Because you knew they did nice things for you. They made you feel good. You just wanted to do something nice. You know, your kid, he takes like the five bucks from you to buy you a gift for five bucks. And it's like, I'm not five bucks richer. I just have a really ugly tie now. You know, <laughs> that, that type of thing. But you know what? It's the heart there. I want to do something for you, Daddy. You love me. I want to love you. Doing good should come from a heart full of love for the Lord. Throw away everything else. Throw away every other reason that you're doing good. Do good because you love God. And the more that you do it that way, the more you'll love both Him and those around you. And the second that you stop doing that for that reason, you're either going to stop doing it or you're going to be doing it for this other reason. You're going to fall off on the sides of this coin. You're always safe if you do what's right because you love God. Because he loved you when you weren't doing what was right. It was when you weren't doing what was right that he died for you. He didn't wait for you to be good. He didn't tell you, don't come into Acts Church. Don't come in here until you've got everything right. You've got it figured out. The marriage is perfect, right? Everything at work is good. You never make mistakes. You know, you didn't, you know, say that word to that guy who cut you off on the way to church. Yeah, some of you know what I'm talking about. I, I, that was me who cut you off, so I heard it. I'm kidding. Right? That's not what God's saying. He's saying, come as who you are, and let me change you so that you want to do what's right. Because you love me. Because I loved you first. When you were that, when you were in that state, I loved you. Let me just tell you, if you ever make it about something else, if you ever make it about value, that's not Christianity. That's not the gospel. That's anti-gospel. If you ever make somebody try to feel lower because they're something different than you, a different gender, right? A difference. They, they don't make as much money as you, or they make more money than you, or whatever, right? They're a different color than you. They're a different this. They're a different that. And you have some ism, nationalism, racism, whatever ism you have that lets you feel good about yourself. The instant thing you can know about yourself in that moment is that you are not finding your value in Christ. You are finding it in something else. You are creating a false pride to have value. That's not going to happen here at this church. That's not who we are. That's not who I'm going to let you be, and that better not be who you let me be. We're going to hold each other accountable to do what's right because we love God, to treat others as valuable, special people. 
If God is willing to die for the person sitting next to you, they're something special, just like you. So let's have that heart towards others. Let's check our hearts. Let's focus. Let's focus in what is God calling us to do. Let's throw everything else aside. Let's not lift ourselves up at the expense of others, but lift others up, even at the expense of ourselves, if we have to. That's what Jesus did. Powerful lesson today, wasn't it? Well, it happens every week here at Axe Church in Vancouver, Washington, and we would love to have you come see us this Sunday morning. Pastor David always enjoys meeting folks who listen to Contemplate, so I hope you'll come. Get all the info at axechurchnw.org or call 360-885-9000. Well, that's it for today. I hope you'll be sure and check out the next episode for more great Bible teaching here on Contemplate.